0: Everybody. Welcome
1: back to mile higher podcast episode 88 and we are so excited for this episode because oh, yes. we are talking about a haunted place that we have actually been
0: Yes, the, first-hand experience. Yes, with
1: it. we do. We have some first-hand experience not much but a little bit And today we are talking about the Stanley Hotel that is located here in Estes Park, Colorado
0: It's probably the most haunted location in all of Colorado. I would say or at oh, least yeah. one of them. Definitely It's extremely old hotel. It's been around since the beginning of really civilization, you know, modern civilization here in the West. Yeah, Mm -hmm. in in Colorado.
1: Yeah, it's a really good story. And we have some great clips and and a really cool update to tell you guys as well. A little sneak preview. But
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: before we get into our...
0: Topics for this week. Yes. Um, we have some mile higher updates for you guys. Yes, we do. So, as you know, we had to switch our setups, and you know, or if you're just tuning in now, we don't normally sit in front of the green screen. Yeah. Um, it's not our preferred setup. So,
1: which we did this for a really long time. When we first started our podcast, we sat in front right. of the green screen. And so, a lot of you actually like this and have been <laughs> commenting about how we much you love it. it. Yeah. But yeah, we hate it.
0: Yeah. Cause it's a big pain. Like, yeah. It, it, to do a green screen, right? You got to have all these lighting and everything yeah. all perfectly we keep messing
1: up the lighting and we're not in a studio right now. We're in our basement. <laughs> yeah. So when we moved, we ended up deciding to build a studio outside right. of our house so that we have a separate workspace. And that way, you know, we don't have guests coming in our house and we can kind of just have our own separate space that's dedicated for the podcast. Turns out this has been it's been a major challenge trying to get this studio up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's not easy to just yeah. build a building because we're like constructing a building yeah. from the ground up and you got to jump through all these hoops in order to do it. So it's been delayed because was supposed to be done by now.
1: Well, explain what happened because I showed on our Instagram account, if you follow us at Mile Higher Podcast, which you should, there's always good updates on there. Um, but I showed that we were starting to build the studio weeks ago, like in September and then we literally had the materials out there. They were doing construction and then we got a major halt on the project. Right. Because we we couldn't put it there because it was too close
0: to like a hundred year floodplain. Um, It's kind of like a drainage ditch that just happens to run through our land. So uh, yeah, we can't build right next to it. You have to build a certain amount of space, you know, space away from it. And
1: 75 feet away from all sides of it. So pretty much our, almost our whole, lot
0: oh, a was lot of out it. a lot of it yeah
1: there was like one spot left right that it could actually work
0: so we moved to that spot but then it's just been the process you got to go back through and they got to go through the it. city, and they take so pain, long so. so
1: it's taken a, a really long time we were hoping to definitely have been in the studio by now that was the plan to only do like a couple weeks of recording here but you know with construction you, you always should assume it's going to take it's a lot delayed, longer yeah
0: but so. we broke ground today yeah we did which is good <laughs>
1: Again, we share it on the Instagram. We're really excited. So hopefully we get it, you know, up and running as a studio pretty quick because tons of you have asked us, like, does this mean you're not going to have guests anymore? Or like, are you going to stay in this spot? And yeah. like, we don't want to have guests right now, obviously, because we're <laughs> sitting at a card table with a like little cloth over it in our basement and there are pets all around us and life. So we don't really have a good space. The shadowing has been crazy on our green screen. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but. We've been kind of just making like, <laughs> yeah, making it work. So,
0: yeah, I'm excited though because we're going to elevate things. We're going to go a mile higher with this podcast. Yes, we are. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be even done. better than I think our last house was. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, our this last studio, actual studio, and
0: yeah. integrate some more effects and sounds and just yeah. make this much better than it is. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, and to clarify, last week we were talking about how our house is older than our last house was just wanted to say we weren't saying the house was like old because there were so many comments that are like you guys say you live in an old house but i live in the eight i had yeah, a house that house was built was in built- the 1800s or something we weren't saying we live in like a super old house right our house is like 20 25 years old right so yeah we were just saying it's older than the one we had that's what we meant
0: the other little piece of news though is that we are completely relaunching our, our merch store yes uh yeah haven't been whole new thing love that you guys loved all the stuff we put in it. Mm-hmm. It just ended up logistically not being the best situation for like us. Like on the back end. um, Didn't have the customization of the products that we didn't quite want. And so we uh, found a new merch provider and we're actually relaunching our store with all new items. Yep. um, New designs. On October 31st, Halloween. We're launching.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. There's going to be some really cool stuff in there. Stuff you guys have been asking for for a while. Oh. So I'm pretty excited to unveil that in the next couple of weeks. So Yeah.
1: That's also been a long process as well. Things take time, you guys. Imagine that. Yeah, everything takes time. I'm a very impatient person, so I hate waiting for things.
0: Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> Feels like this has been the let's worst get it forever. done now. Why can't we do it now? I know. But, you know, it's just how life goes sometimes. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump into this week's news topics. But before we do, I quickly want to thank our sponsor for today, Native Calm, Third Love, and Upstart. Thank you guys for supporting the show. But yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right into this first story. This is kind of crazy. But there was a huge worldwide sting of the largest dark web child sex abuse marketplace run by Bitcoin. Yep. And this is just like really fucked up news and the fact that we're finding out that there's a this marketplace out there, which I mean, we know that this stuff exists out there. This really sick evil shit, but I
1: don't think a lot of people really do get the gravity of how big it is though and how common and how it works underground secretly. Right. You know, not literally underground, but online. (laughs)
0: Well, I think it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it because we just don't see anything like that ever, no. which is a good thing. But it the fact that it exists out there and there is ways to access it and people are, you know, a yeah. lot of people are on
1: the dark web, right? Yeah,
0: it's on dark net. So it's on mm-hmm. the the dark web is where they're doing this. And can you kind
1: of explain that like briefly? Like what's the dark web for those of us that it's basic struggle to understand this? How there's levels of the internet.
0: Yeah. So there's just like there's the internet, the World Wide Web that we all access. Mm-hmm. But then there's a there's other layers to the internet that we don't have access to. Um and one of those layers is the dark net, which is you have to use a special client in order to log into it. And it happens to be this anonymous uh part of the internet where it's very hard to track people and things and sites and so a lot of criminals and, you know, nefarious people go on the dark net and they yeah. take advantage of being able to be anonymous and they do really fucked up shit like opening up a marketplace that shows videos. It was like a uh, this site was called Welcome to Video. It was just a bunch of crazy videos of illegal sex acts that committed against children, toddlers, mm-hmm. and infants, which is just so...
1: Trading media. So terrible. Arranging right. things. Yeah. And this is, again, why I love working with Thorne. I feel like the work that they're doing is so crucial, fighting this stuff online and finding new technology because... You know, the bad guys get a hold of the good technology just as quick as the good guys nowadays. You have to be like on it. And it's amazing what they're able to do as far as tracking this stuff down.
0: What's crazy about this whole darknet story, though, is that Bitcoin, you know, we've heard a lot about Bitcoin and how uh, how a lot of people made a ton of money off of it. Remember that like not that long ago. But the thing with Bitcoin is it allows you to like purchase anonymously and stuff, but We're finding out that that's not really the case because that's actually how investigators, um, which was a bunch of different agencies all over the world. There's a bunch of countries, UK, uh, US, Germany, Korea. I mean, just an assortment of different countries that all collaborated to uh, that are trying to at least police the dark net because the amount of black market and just crazy shit that's happening on there is truly scary to think about, you know, like Mm -hmm. so they actually were able to trace through bitcoin transactions back to the actual people and arrest them That's insane. that were involved with this market i'm confused
1: how are they able to do that though
0: some computer whizzes man like wow it, it definitely so there's is, nothing
1: private nowadays there's really not which is I mean, good i mean i'm glad that they're able to find them for sure but yeah you definitely hear that bitcoin is supposed to make your purchases private and supposed to be this like secure currency right
0: right well i mean they're Law enforcement works with a lot of these companies that are are making these types of new technologies because they have to have a way to police it in some way. You know, they can't completely be shut out. Um, as much as people think that it's anonymous, it's really not. Because there's just like there's bad hackers, there's good hackers as well. Like there's good guys that are doing hacking and trying to gather information, obviously, mm-hmm. like in the intelligence agencies and stuff. So just as there is bad guys that are hacking and whatnot, so yeah. It really goes both ways, but yeah, you're, you're not safe anywhere. And you know, if you're doing that kind of stuff, you're going to get caught yeah. and that's just how it is. I mean, it's a good thing too, cause we got to get yeah. this stuff off the internet period. Like oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. So the second story that I have is about uh, a man named Samuel little and he's being declared as the worst serial killer in us history, which is <sighs> crazy.
1: Yeah. Really intense.
0: So Samuel little, who's 79 years old right now. He's currently serving three consecutive life sentences in California um, for murder. And last year he had actually confessed that he had killed over 90 people. Well, the FBI has been working on this case and trying to confirm, you know, Mm -hmm. what he confessed. And they've now verified that at least 50 of those deaths uh, actually happened. And and, I'm sure a lot more, which kind of which bumps him up as the most like prolific serial killer of all time like that's so insane just based on body count which is crazy, and they haven't even verified all the rest of them that he said
1: i did wonder when this story first came out what was it back in like may or something
0: yeah it was it was a while ago it Was well we first heard about him last year because he yeah. confessed
1: oh was that already last year yeah God, yeah I don't, I don't even know what time, time yeah i know i don't know what time is anymore but um yeah i remember when this first came out and he said that he did this i was thinking like
0: a lot of people Maybe say he would just make it up. Yeah, because
1: yeah. like one when you want to be the most prolific serial killer, if you're right. going to be a serial killer, right. might as well be like the top one. So I was thinking like, you know, but it's interesting to find out that it's confirmed.
0: Yep. Yep. They started
1: killing that many people.
0: Yeah. Apparently over between 1970 and 2005. Wow. Strangling. 93 years. Women.
1: All strangling. Mm hmm. Oh my gosh. Imagine how numb you would be by like the 20th person or maybe sooner. I don't even know. I can't I just cannot imagine even strangling one person, let alone 90, 93. How insane. 93.
0: And so like when he can, and when he confessed to, he's able to sketch like all of his victims, like he remembers each of his victims so well that when he actually sketched portraits of them, that it's scary how how close to the real thing they are.
1: So he really probably would look into these people's eyes and watch while they died.
0: He clearly got some sort of.
1: Because he memorized their faces. I'd imagine if you choked someone to death, you'd probably end up memorizing their face because you'd never get that image out of your head.
0: Totally. Well, and there's a reason why you're you're strangling them, too. Clearly, you're wanting that, you know, experience. I don't even know what the right word to say is, but. Well,
1: there's a lot of serial killers that have like a style. Like it seems like a lot of people pick a way to do it and they do it like that. Like you don't see a lot of serial killers where they're doing a bunch of different methods to kill their victims very often.
0: They usually, well, they pick one and they sort of like master it. And and it's it's just crazy that over that amount of time Mm -hmm. and if you, you know, over that many victims, Mm -hmm. he was never caught before like so insane which is scary to think about because how'd you
1: get away with it
0: well think about today like how many serial killers are probably running around uncaught because they probably got even smarter now and you know a Mm -hmm. lot of times these people even work in law enforcement and things like that they're able to fly under the radar really easily which is just horrifying but what he would do is his victims would tend to be like people that were homeless or really destitute on the streets uh sex workers things like that and especially back in that time, you know, African-American women, especially, oftentimes if they went missing and things like that, they just didn't take it seriously. and, yeah, and they just let it go. A lot of times they wouldn't even investigate some of these cases. Mm-hmm. So now they're going back and they're starting to connect the dots and starting to realize that, you know, a lot of these people that just died and they have no idea yeah. what happened to them are being connected back to Samuel Little. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's just mind-blowing to think about. Yeah, it really. Somebody is. Who could do this kind of damage to uh, innocent people. It's just
1: I just can't imagine being him and thinking about this all the time. I'm sure you would have to. I guess eventually maybe you'd be able to like block it out of your head that you did that, but not if he's able to draw their faces like perfectly. Yeah. Like he must really remember all these people and yeah. have taken it I don't know, I guess seriously is such a stupid yeah. word. A way to describe it but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I think it was
0: a meaningful experience Yeah. Well, for him some people somewhere. will say
1: like oh I blacked out during this and I don't remember doing it type totally. of thing and a that sounds like this is that. not the case no because he can clearly remember these people and if they were just random people that he didn't have relationships with or friendships with or anything like that then how did he memorize their faces so well unless he I think really looked into their eyes at that moment it's the only thing that really makes sense
0: yeah well and I think too it's like DNA evidence just really wasn't a thing and the limitations yeah. around that really prevented a lot of crimes and serial killers to be from being caught until now like, mm-hmm. you know, as we're starting to see I feel like because DNA has come a long way and we're able to, you know, go into all these databases and connect, you know, yeah. genealogy and all of this like it's amazing where I hopefully we have a, you know, a reduced amount of serial killers because it just becomes harder to become a serial killer. You know, as opposed to the 70s, 80s, you know, when yeah. information did not travel as quickly as it does now. It's you right. know instantaneous and, you know, tweeted out constantly and things like that. It's mm-hmm. a lot harder to fly, you know, under the radar like that and yeah. commit so many murders.
1: Especially when thing. you think about like Golden State Killer, you know, yeah. him getting caught with his DNA. Finally, for yeah. all those years, he was just like hanging out in houses, putting his DNA on everything, eating their food, yeah. laying in their beds, like. His DNA was all over his victims' houses, and he didn't care. He wasn't scared of that. It wasn't even a factor. But now, criminals have to think about that.
0: Yeah, and all those guys would have been caught yep, way sooner. Way sooner. If they had the tools that we do today.
1: Yeah, I mean, DNA's been a huge thing for the future of crime. Okay, and welcome back. So, it is actually now, if you are watching, you probably can tell that we are wearing different clothes And we switch sides. (laughs) It's two days later. And we've actually never had to do this with our podcast. We've never recorded. In two separate sessions. No, never. Never. Um, But we had some unfortunate things happen. If you were watching our live streamed live topics on Instagram, we do them at Mile Higher Podcast. We do a little live stream of our intro topics but if you were watching that you saw josh start having an allergic reaction during those really if bad. you just listened you may not have even noticed because you know that's the magic of editing but yeah full-on like allergy attack. shit
0: coming out of the nose like
1: yeah like he was talking to me terrible. and it was just coming down and we were talking about something so important i was like I oh my so god we're not gonna be able to get through this So after we did into topics, we were like, Josh was a mess and we were like, we don't want to ruin this topic because Josh is like falling apart and just
0: like being annoying. It's not
1: good for a podcast to have stuff going on. (laughs) So we decided that we were going to film it the following day. And then the next morning we woke up and nothing was working on our phones. And it turns out that the guys who are building the studio actually cut a... Like a our Comcast cord essentially. Yeah,
0: our internet cable essentially. Yeah, to the house. So without asking. no internet.
1: So we couldn't record yesterday, which was Sunday, um because we couldn't, you know, access any of the clips internet that we or have or like
0: our notes or anything like that. So yeah,
1: so it was a total pain, and we're now recording Monday. So this <laughs> is the first time the show's broken up into two parts, and that's why. We change and then Janelle's not here. And when Janelle's not here, it's complicated. But I have to sit on this side. We get so many comments about it. I just have to address that. Yep. Okay. Anyways. The Stanley Hotel.
0: Let's talk about. Yeah. What we were supposed to be talking about.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So let's talk about the historic and haunted Stanley Hotel.
1: Very haunted. It's one of like the most famous haunted places in the country. I think
0: definitely. Especially when it goes as far as haunted hotels go. Yeah. Stanley Hotel is always in, you know, the top there. So the Stanley Hotel, for those of you that don't know, or those of you that do not live in the United States, which is actually a lot of you, in our wonderful state of Colorado, we have a little mountain town called Esses Park. It's very beautiful. It's actually it's,
1: a big mountain town, kind of compared to a lot of other mountains.
0: Yeah, towns. it's it's a lot larger. Taylor
1: Swift even had a house there at one point. She did. It's, it's a beautiful did. area. A lot a of lot people. Of trees
0: go up there for tourism and Mm -hmm. um the main reason though is because it is sort of the gateway to rocky mountain national park Mm -hmm. which is like the most famous you know national park in this area of the country and in this little mountain town there's this hotel known as the stanley hotel and it has been there for a very long time and as many of you probably know um you know it has connection to the shining the novel by stephen king because he got inspired to write it there while he stayed there, which we'll talk about later. Um, but also it's been in movies like um, Dumb and Dumber briefly. Jim Carrey yeah. was there mm-hmm. um, and he actually stayed there as well, Yeah, we'll um, which we'll about talk that. about that too, because that's crazy. But it's a really, really cool place. Very historic and very haunted as we have experienced firsthand.
1: Yeah, we have been there we've done the ghost tour. Um, we haven't stayed the night, but we actually just booked ourselves to stay there.
0: We did. We did. Yes,
1: We did. (laughs) We've always wanted to do it. And there was a Friday the 13th that was open. So we are going to stay there on a Friday the 13th.
0: Yeah, we're actually going up there for a concert at the hotel. They have a concert hall that is also haunted. And uh, yeah, we're going to be going to the concert. And then we're actually staying in probably (laughs) the most haunted room in the entire hotel. Um, it's the same one that Stephen King. It's actually called Stephen King's Room. Yeah, room uh, because it was seventeen a room where you, yeah, crazy shit happens. So, before we get into all of that stuff, though, it's important to understand a little bit of the history of the mm-hmm. Stanley Hotel because it's very, it's actually very interesting how this hotel came to be. It so, is. going way, way back, you know, into the eighteen hundreds, before there was any sort of um, settlement up there or any sort of people living up there, it was basically land that belonged to the Native Americans, specifically the Ute and Arapaho tribes that roamed this, this area up there in the mountains, Mm. which I'm sure at the time was super beautiful, just Mm -hmm. open. And, you know, there's a lot of wildlife up there. So there's really good hunting. um, I'm sure for them for food, you know, there's elk every year that migrate down through SS park. You can always go up there and see elk, which is cool.
1: So it was a great place for people at this time to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. So as people started moving west, you know, there was a big surge of, you know, the gold rush and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. People moving west and, you know, creating settlements and new towns and such. Um, That's where the main man, F.O. Stanley, comes into play. And he's actually the guy that built the hotel in the early 1900s. And he's famous because he created the Stanley steam engine, which helped power the steam powered horseless carriage. So kind of like a car. So he was Um, a big deal. He created the engine. He was a very big deal. That was a big
1: invention. Very wealthy as well,
0: Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, for inventing the steam engine.
1: F.O. stands for Freeland Oscar Stanley. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, what does F.O. stand for? Yeah. Freeland Oscar. Interesting.
0: (laughs) So Freeland and his wife Flora (laughs) came to Colorado in 1903 because his doctor actually advised him to seek fresh mountain air.
1: Yeah. Well, he had tuberculosis, so... I mean, a lot of the times you're not going to live very long, so might as well get some fresh air and kind of see if you can heal that way. That was like pretty much the only thing they knew to do. And mountain air is known to be so good for your lungs.
0: Right, right. Fresh oxygen, you know, in the forest and in the mountains and stuff, Mm -hmm. which I mean, a lot of people, that's why a lot of people go to the mountains, you know, that's why we go to get fresh mountain air. And every time we're there,
1: we say it, we're like, God, mountain air, so nice.
0: Well, it's just all like the pine trees everywhere you get that nice. It's a distinct smell, um, the mountain smell.
1: It is. It's like so crisp. And you can literally like taste it. I don't know. (laughs) You kind of
0: can, honestly.
1: Taste fresh. Fresh air, guys. Get to the mountains. Seriously. (laughs) So he had tuberculosis, so he went up there to get some of that fresh mountain air.
0: So when Flora and F.O. Stanley initially came to Estes Park Valley, or Estes Valley is what it was known as, they were, you know, there to stay at a friend's cabin, actually, for the summer. They were only planning to stay there for that long. Mm-hmm. But after spending the summer in the cabin, Flora wanted a home like the one she had left in Maine. And the couple built their new home about one mile west of where the Stanley Hotel would later be built. And today, still, this house is a private residence, which is actually interesting.
1: It's cool that that's still there, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything there, including the Stanley Hotel, is all original, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So he built the hotel on the land that he purchased from a man by the name of Earl Lord Dunraven, an Irishman, um, who actually beat everybody up there and because he came there in the late 1800s, 1872 to be exact, on a hunting trip, and he actually ended up building a hunting lodge and cabin and hotel for his guests and illegally homesteaded up to 6,000 acres um, in an attempt to basically create his own like private hunting preserve and not allow anybody else to come up there and wow. build on that land.
1: That's ballsy. And
0: he was, yeah, he's kind of a scammy person. He'd like, yeah, he would scam people all their land. And eventually they ran him out of town. Um, this Lord Dunraven
1: Lord, who calls himself Lord
0: Dunraven. It's definitely like a, you know, European thing to be yeah. like, sir, Lord, you know, Lord. I'm Lord. So once he got run out of town though, F.O. Stanley started construction on his Stanley Hotel in 1906. He got wood and rock from the nearby mountains, and the hotel was built in this Georgian architectural style, which experienced a revival in the early 20th century. It's beautiful architecture. It's definitely, um, it looks historical when you look at it.
1: It really does. It's a beautiful hotel. Um, one of our friends got married there. De- Deb and Greg got married there.
0: Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Isn't that cool? Honestly, I'd like to be married there. That's cool. <laughs> We weren't married. A little too late.
1: Yeah, it's a little too late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, when the Stanley Hotel initially opened in 1909, uh, the first guests who pulled up were in stylish Stanley designed steam cars, um, which he provided for them clearly. And they were completely blown away by what they saw because it was kind of this first time that there is this luxurious Mm -hmm. hotel that rivaled hotels back east you know that everybody was used to kind of in the rugged way up here in the mountains you know it's like whoa totally different this is totally cool
1: and that's why you don't see a lot of old you know big fancy hotels like this in little mountain right totally you know it's not very common not not big ones visit it yeah
0: not as big and luxurious as this yeah i I can't even think of i mean i know there's other historic hotels but they're all really small and Mm -hmm. definitely don't have all of the things like you know, at the time, electric lights, telephones, ensuite bathrooms. Right. There was a staff of uniformed servants and there was a fleet of automobiles at their disposal. Initially, the hotel featured 420 rooms plus ballrooms, dining areas and an underground cave system. 420.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect for Colorado.
0: Maybe he was 420 friendly. Maybe yeah, that's what maybe they, he was. Imagine they came up there and there's just like fields of cannabis growing in there. totally. <laughs> So by 1917 so by 1917 it was officially a municipality up there so really the hotel is what established the whole town mm-hmm. um, it brought people up there and that's why you know it grew so quickly um, they ended up having a complete waterworks a power plant and they had all these other organizations all thanks to the Stanley hotel
1: basically like created a little economy
0: yeah it, it really did uh because yeah because ss park was incorporated in 1917. And it also helped get the Rocky Mountain National Park established in 1915, which is cool. Because mm-hmm. it it. if you've never been to Rocky Mountain National Park, highly recommend it. If you're ever traveling to Colorado, Goodness. I know some of you ask us, like, where do you go? If you want a mountain experience, definitely head to S's Park.
1: Yeah. It's a little farther Rocky- from Denver. A lot of the times we get people who are like wanting to come, you know, just for a day because they're like in Denver for work or something and they only have like they can like drive true. a little it bit. It is a
0: bit of a drive.
1: I always recommend like Georgetown or Mount Evans or something that's a little closer, but Estes isn't too bad.
0: It's only like two hours from the airport, I think.
1: Yeah, no, it's not too bad. If you have like a couple days or even two days. a day
0: or two, you could go yeah. up there.
1: Yeah, you could even just do a day trip. But yeah, it's a really gorgeous area.
0: It really is. And and the hotel actually kind of sits up on top of this hill, overlooking the valley, which is really cool. So it's got a really scenic view of I think it's Lake Estes up there, and then mm-hmm. uh, the mountain range that's right there. It's just oh, gorgeous, it's gorgeous up there. Hairy. I'm actually I'm pumped to go up there and stay I there. Know, I
1: can't wait. I'm really nervous, but I also can't wait.
0: So F. O. Stanley, despite having tuberculosis, did not die from that. We believe that because he you know stayed up mm-hmm. in the mountains, he never went back east. Um or he did go back east at the end of his life. Um, he actually died in in Massachusetts, I believe, at age ninety-one. Oh wow. But from a heart attack. Wow. So, so he a, could
1: have healed his tuberculosis.
0: It could have, absolutely. Because hmm. he lived a really long time, way more than I think anybody anticipated he would. Um and his wife Flora died only a year earlier. So the Stanley Hotel has been known to host many famous guests, as we mentioned earlier. But some of those other guests included the unsinkable Molly Brown actually stayed there. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a famous Denver historical yeah, figure, I would Molly say. Yeah, good Molly Brown house. And right, stuff. Yeah. right. Um, John Philip Sousa, who was uh, a famous composer um, back in the day. Theodore Roosevelt stayed there, which is cool, mm. as well as the emperor and empress of Japan.
1: Wow, a variety of Hollywood personalities as well.
0: Which makes sense why Theodore Roosevelt, because I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but he had something to do with the formation of Rocky Mountain National Park, I believe, around that time. Because wasn't he president uh, around there? Yeah. I can't remember the exact dates he was I president. I think he but... was
1: involved with like the the ne- Roosevelt Nas- National Forest, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why it's named Roosevelt National yeah, Forest. So, so he made also. a lot of those forests. Maybe not the park, but a lot of the forests okay. are, are actually called Roosevelt National Forest still. Hmm. So that would make sense why he'd go up there and stay up there. You know. Because yeah. that's when all that was happening.
1: Yeah, and it was like the place to go too. It was like fancy. Yeah. It's like the Bellagio in the middle of Estes Park.
0: Right. Right. But by the nineteen seventies, the hotel's splendor had faded due to the lack of care and investment. It might have eventually been torn down had it not been for Stephen King's stay at the hotel. Because up until 1983, the Stanley Hotel was actually only open during the summer. And it would shut down in the winter every year, which is interesting.
1: I know. It's so random. It doesn't get that cold up there. I mean, I yeah, it does. But like <laughs> not to have a hotel not function.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I guess maybe back then they weren't able to heat the rooms enough or something. 420 rooms back then.
0: Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, I think know. I think honestly, it's just like they couldn't. They, they yeah, they weren't able to do it. They were running. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Because for a sense. long time, it just kind of like faded out of people's minds, I think, until mm. Stephen King came and made it famous. We'll just talk about in a minute. But let's talk about some of the ghosts that inhabit the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. So one interesting thing to note is that the Stanley Hotel actually rests on a bed of quartz and limestone. Which many people believe to be responsible for helping spirits energy remain strong within the building, which is interesting. I
1: love that. That's cool.
0: That's really cool. And I think it's very true that that's that's the case there. Because the amount of paranormal activity within this hotel is.
1: Yeah, it's insane. A lot. (laughs) There is a lot.
0: I mean, there's a reason why everybody in the paranormal world wants to go to the Stanley Hotel at some point, because you're almost guaranteed to see some paranormal activity, it seems like.
1: Maybe. If you're lucky. I mean, I don't think, I wouldn't say guaranteed. I don't guaranteed. know. I, I, I think, think we were lucky on our tour.
0: Yeah. I think we so, too. We saw a little
1: bit. I mean, we literally have some on camera. It's crazy. We'll show you guys.
0: Well, you sec. also got to think, like, if, if you're not looking for paranormal activity, you're probably not going to think that there's paranormal activity, unless it's, like, really in-your-face type of activity.
1: Yeah, but I feel like even if you're looking for it, you don't always see it.
0: That's true. That's true. And
1: sometimes if you're too desperate to see it, then you're just like making shit up, you know?
0: Every sound is some type of... I was
1: like trying to go into the ghost tour so skeptical when we did it. And then I couldn't believe stuff was happening. Like right on camera, I was catching things for the vlog. It was wild.
0: I think one of the coolest things about the Stanley Hotel, though, is that they have kept the inside very much how it was, Mm -hmm. you know, when it was first built. Like when you walk in there, it's walking into a completely different time. Yeah, it feels older. Real a lot older, I would mm-hmm. say. And what's interesting is that one of the most notable ghosts is actually believed to be F. O. Stanley himself, who's most often seen in the lobby in the billard room.
1: It makes sense. Which I mean sense? he stays around and checks out his property.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I'm sure he'd have a lot of emotional attachment to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, especially these two rooms were his favorite rooms while he was still alive. Um, actually on one such occasion. He is said to have appeared during a tour group's visit to the billiard room, materializing behind a member of the tour.
1: Interesting. I remember being in the billiard room.
0: Yeah, it was a cool. It's a really cool room.
1: Didn't something happen to your cousin Becky when we were standing in there? I remember she yeah, like she thought didn't. she felt like a chill, or like she felt cold, or something.
0: Yeah, definitely like, a shift. Or in... she thought she felt something. Yeah. Now I'm forgetting. That could be because he's linger. You know, he's and lurking around behind he's... her. <laughs> And that's that's the thing, too, is like some of these spirits aren't necessarily like evil or or mean or angry. They're just there because they enjoy being there. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, they they, kind
1: of protect the hotel in a way. Right. It's interesting. That's why I'm willing to stay there.
0: Yeah. It's not like we're going to a place where (laughs) all this crazy, horrible shit has happened. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with some demonic forces here. Mm -mm. But bartenders at the hotel have also seen F.O. Stanley stroll through the bar disappearing when they try to cut him off at the kitchen interesting his wife also haunts the hotel and sometimes if you go into the ballroom there's a big grand piano there and sometimes guests will walk in there and hear of the piano playing but there's nobody no playing there. Ooh. and employees have even said that they've you know they hear music coming from this room they're like okay who's playing the piano they walk uh-huh. in And all they see are keys moving on the keyboard. Oh, that's so
1: scary. I would freak out. I would think it's fake if I were a guest. I'd be like, oh, they must have something like pulling it or something.
0: Well, there are those pianos that can do the like on their own. I could see them doing that.
1: I doubt (laughs) it. Honestly, they're like super true to tradition at the Stanley.
0: Yeah, they really are. But one of the most haunted spots on the entire hotel grounds is the concert hall which i'm super excited about because
1: i can't believe we're seeing a show in there and we will be v- vlogging it for those of you who
0: and paranormal to. investigating it we're gonna get you know our evp are we really we're our emf do absolutely right. oh you have we're to. gonna make a video out of it totally
1: <laughs> we'll see if we see anything
0: because what's interesting about the concert hall is that there is kind of a potentially a negative spirit there a man named paul who worked at the Stanley Hotel from 1995 to 2005, so fairly recent, and died of a heart attack while en route from the hotel to the hospital after suffering chest pains.
1: Interesting.
0: He was known as a jack of all trades, and one of his responsibilities was to enforce the hotel's 11 p.m. curfew. And apparently it's not uncommon to hear a faint and ominous, get out, in the after hours.
1: Oh my gosh, interesting. Huh. So again, he's just like maintaining the hotel. He's like, follow the fucking rules, guys. Yeah.
0: Get out. Apparently, though, a construction worker who was sanding the floor just a few years ago believes Paul was brazen enough to physically nudge him to the door after feeling two arms pull him back.
1: What? Yeah. That's so scary. And he also flickers the lights for tour groups. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's scary. Are we going to do the tour again? Well, I guess we've already done the daytime. We're going to do our own tour. Yeah, I was going to say we could do the nighttime one, but we're going to be at the concert. So
0: then afterwards we can just wander around.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we're just going to do our own investigation.
0: This is interesting. So the concert hall has uh, a little area that goes down to the basement, like directly underneath it. Um, And that's actually where Paul had his own room. And then across from Paul's room is occupied by another ghostly resident. This spirit is known as Lucy. She's a 12 or 13 year old girl who was rumored to have been a homeless at the time when she was kicked out into the cold where she died.
1: Yeah. That they basically like shoved a kid out there. I don't know though. Like, God, it was that savage back then. They'd be like, get out, kid. Yeah, Get in the snow. We're a
0: hotel, but too bad. Get out.
1: <sighs> so she like froze to death out there basically,
0: which yeah. is
1: not a good way to go. And obviously your spirit may not be totally happy.
0: And apparently, she haunts yep. that area of the hotel, and she communicates with people.
1: It's like the basement, right?
0: It's it's different from the underground cave area. This is a, I don't think we actually went into this area okay. when we did our tour. But what's interesting is that a tour group actually claims to have captured a photo of her. Yeah. <laughs> so the photo, if you're watching, is you're seeing a man, which is the tour guide, and whoever took the picture was walking behind him. And he happened to capture this image of it looks like a little girl with a pink, like tutu, almost like a, a little dress or dress something.
1: Dress or something. It's creepy.
0: And he claims that there was no such girl in the group whatsoever.
1: Well, and it just doesn't even look human because if you look at it, it doesn't look like a kid. Even if it's it was like wasn't. Like, it, like yeah. look at its the shape of its skull. Right. Its eyes, and, like it doesn't. <laughs> Bizarre, it's man. really creepy. I mean, it doesn't look human at
0: all. Yeah. Crazy though. I know. People catch all kinds of stuff in, at this hotel, too, like evidence of ghosts and, and spirits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there's also an extremely haunted mirror of unknown origins. They actually have no idea where this mirror came from. Um, mm-hmm. It's also stored in the basement of the concert hall.
1: Oh, that's creepy.
0: It's really old. It's actually older than the Stanley Hotel itself.
1: Oh, my gosh. Mm, God, that might be the like most haunted thing in the hotel
0: because mirrors oftentimes we believe can capture spirits and energy and things like that. So we
1: talked about that in our haunted objects. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's the mirror, the mirror at the Myrtles plantation, which is really uh, haunted. But yeah, apparently if you look into this mirror, you can actually capture figures of people and apparitions standing next to them while taking photos of their reflection in the mirror. Pretty cool. But then this next part we actually went into on our tour. It's the, known as the tunnel. And it is a, like the tour guide said, it's a huge hotspot for paranormal activity, they were saying. And it's literally like just rock. Yeah. The walls are all made out of rock. They it's, call it the
1: cave. Mm-hmm. It looks like a cave. It's really creepy in there. I felt so creeped out in there. Like that was my least favorite part of the whole tour. It was so cold in there and just yeah. freaky. And
0: it definitely is I eerie was like, in there. I over
1: it. Yeah. It scares me.
0: And yeah, I don't think it's really used all that much anymore. But former staff used to use it to like navigate through the hotel. Yeah, and get through it. like crazy a quick like, way to get through. That they made all this underground passageways and stuff back then, like yeah. in the early 1900s.
1: It's kind of cool. It was convenient for the staff. So
0: apparently, there's a haunted cat down there too. We didn't really? see that. Yeah, there's a gray ghostly feline with green glowing eyes.
1: Oh, that's badass! I want to find that it. But
0: rumored to hang out down there.
1: We're gonna have to find that cat.
0: One of the cool spots, though, is like right as you walk into the hotel to check in, there's this grand staircase. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a very famous spot for people capturing apparitions with their cameras. Yep. Um, And there's this famous photo that was taken by a guest, um, which appears to show a woman dressed in clothes from like the 1900s on the stairs. And it's clearly not a guest. It's very weird because it's the same type of situation as the other girl is like, you can't really make out the face or the head or anything.
1: It's kind of hard to tell. I mean, I see what people are saying about it being possibly older clothes, but like at the same time, it doesn't It like if you look up close, it also could be like younger clothes.
0: Yeah, I but know. I think I think it's like wearing a hat or something, you know, like those old hats
1: um, well, they used to wear in the 1900s. No, I can't even see it fully enough to tell where her head is looking.
0: Well, yeah, because it's the I rest. think that's
1: just her hair and like an updo. I don't think she has a hat.
0: But is it a, is it a ghost or is it him just taking picture of his wife or something?
1: I mean, I don't know. It could be either.
0: <laughs> well, they claim that, you know, it's a ghost or an apparition of something. And people oftentimes do see this at the top of this grand staircase. It's pretty cool. But before we get into these haunted rooms, because this is where a lot of the haunting activity happens, is in the hotel rooms at the Stanley We'd like to thank our last sponsors for today. All right, let's talk about the most famous room in this hotel by far and potentially the most haunted, Room 217, which we'll be staying in as we talked about. But (laughs) On Friday the 13th. Yeah, on Friday the 13th. I know, right?
1: Oh, my God.
0: But I found this clip of an actual tour guide at the hotel talking about the story behind this room, and I I thought they could tell the story way better than we could. So we'll go ahead and play that because it is super freaky.
2: Uh, Well, welcome everybody to the Stanley Hotel and uh, welcome to room 217. Out of all the rooms at our hotel, this is probably the most famous and the most infamous. Um, The story for 217 really goes back to June 25th, 1911 when the uh, power went out to this hotel for the first time due to a flood and F.O. Stanley, the founder of our hotel, started up a backup system for lighting which was uh, acetylene gas lanterns in every room and there was a leak of acetylene that built up in room 217. That night, our head chambermaid, Miss Elizabeth Wilson, entered room 217 with a lit candle to turn on the lights and she set off an explosion. We lost 10% of this hotel from that explosion. They found parts of this hotel half a mile south of here. And a local church service in town said in the paper the next morning they saw a bathtub fly up in the air. And Miss Wilson survived it. You see, Miss Wilson actually uh, shot from the entrance to room 217 down to the first floor where she landed in the dining hall and survived. And Miss Wilson was in a coma for two days. When uh, she woke up, Miss Wilson came back to work at the Stanley about 18 months after that and miss wilson worked here from uh, 1913 till 1950 when she was 90 years old and we think miss wilson still works here today because we believe miss wilson is the spirit that is present in room 217 uh, everything we know about Miss Wilson in 217 to this day is very helpful. She's actually not that scary. The most common thing that happens is that people wake up with things tidied up, even though they left them dirty through the night. People have said that they will find their clothes unpacked and folded and put on the bed. We've had people find their shoes rearranged. I even had one person say they woke up to find the bed made around them, so that they, uh, they couldn't get out of it when they woke up in the morning. So she, I always like to say that she is uh, creepy but well-intentioned and Miss Wilson is still here to this day. Another story about room 217 goes back to 1974, when Stephen King and his wife spent the night in this room. You see, September 30th, 1974 was going to be the last day we were going to be open for the entire year, and Stephen King and his wife were the only two people to stay in this hotel for the night. So we put them in the presidential suite, room 217. After a uh, night at the restaurant and at the bar Stephen King uh, was a little nervous about this hotel so he actually came back here to go to sleep and in his dream that night on this bed Stephen King said he had one of the worst nightmares of his life that a fire hose from the hotel uh, was chasing his son through the hallway till it started uh, constricting his son and trying to kill him so King woke up terrified sweating and he went out to the balcony in front of uh, this room to have a cigarette by the time he was done with that cigarette, Stephen King said he came up with the outline for the novel The Shining in His Head.
1: I absolutely love that story, that she opens the door, there's an explosion, and it basically forces her through the floor before she can suffer any damage from the explosion. It's so insane.
0: How how lucky?
1: Very lucky. Very lucky.
0: I mean, it blew, like, a huge part of the hotel off. Completely away.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was horrible and she was fine. She broke pretty much every bone in her body, but she was fine.
0: Interesting that she like haunts it now, you know?
1: Well, she's like a friendly haunt. Right. She's known to like unpack...
0: Well, some people said, you. yeah, some people said they woke up and they felt like there was something in between them. And, but
1: that's only when people aren't married. You keep forgetting oh, this. You keep right. thinking yeah, it's yeah. going to yeah. happen to us. It probably won't. Right. Because we. damn.
0: Well, let's get divorced. And we then we'll are approved <laughs> by
1: Jesus. Right. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> yeah, what, so That's
1: what she used to do is like, if you weren't married, she would like shame you by getting in the bed with you if you were sleeping with a man and you weren't married to yeah. save your reputation, though, you know, to right. help you out.
0: Right. But whole Stephen King's thing is a little bit freakier, though, because he has, like, this horrible nightmare where, you know, his son's being strangled and and completely just doesn't sleep well at all.
1: Well, it may not have anything to do with Elizabeth, you know. No. Could just be another spirit in the hotel. I mean, the hotel's just totally haunted. It's a haunted space.
0: Right. Yeah, man. I don't know. Either way, I'm excited for this because... It's be correct
1: me if I'm wrong paranormal experts out there but I'm pretty sure if there's like one or two known ghosts that like more can come it like attracts more spirits to a spot and spirits can thrive more the more there are living in one spot yeah
0: yeah that would make sense yeah yeah well and and all the limestone and quartz and stuff helps yeah keep it, keep the spirits strong Just
1: keep it cleansed energy
0: so we will be in room 217 we'll definitely have to <laughs> I'm scared record our experience probably won't sleep at all that night i'm sure
1: yeah who knows i mean or nothing <laughs> or nothing happen. will
0: happen it'll be like the best we'll night see. of sleep
1: i mean we're gonna try to make a video out of it but if nothing happens i mean probably not <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: Exciting We'll video. see. but there was this clip though i wanted to share from our ghost tour because we did we did have a paranormal experience i know i think i was one that noticed it happening at first
2: Sort of guy, oh my god right? it just opened on its well, own a guest in it. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the person didn't open it it's a pretty shy kind of guy who at night right? and there are oh two my there. god so one of the closets you get kissed the other one you get pinched. And oh my god. And if you happen to be really lucky, he'll sit on the edge of the bed, he'll give you a little kissing night-night, right and that is because he's in there with you. you what? Know, you're meant to have what? I'm just putting an image, like, fucking with us right now. He keeps people awake, you know, <laughs> he's like, heavy-footed. You know, oh my gosh, she's, does she even
1: know her we'll door's interact
2: open? ...interact with voluntarily, and who won't? That doesn't mean they're not alive, they're just not interested in playing with us, they do their own thing. Oh my god. ...interact with us, like Miss Wilson. And we're happy to have all of them. It's just like a community of introverts and extroverts, just like this We'll go down one
0: floor. That was definitely some paranormal activity because yeah. you even see at the end how. The person that's staying in that room was like way far away from the door. Yeah. While it's opening and closing on its own. And
1: elevator. the tour guide didn't even point it out or notice it because she was facing the other direction. So it's not like this was some setup thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: and there wasn't a window open in there either because no. it's like cold. It was cold that time. Of yeah. Year. We I don't even of, know if you can open it. It was the window, so but,
1: weird. It was so weird. Yeah. And you could just feel the energy in there while that was happening and it felt like off. It was crazy. I'll never forget that moment.
0: Yeah, and just that whole area because she was like, I think I can't remember. It might have even been the fourth floor. I think that we were on when that happened because the fourth floor is actually the most haunted floor of the whole whole hotel. And uh, she was showing us the staircase that is uh, apparently like a vortex for energy and stuff. She said, "Remember, yeah." She was like, "There's a lot of like paranormal and, stuff yeah, that happens around here because of this that. vortex of energy in this stairwell." Interesting. So yeah, pretty cool. Oh, the one other thing I was going to say about um, room 217 that was interesting is that Jim Carrey stayed there during the filming of Dumb and Dumber, Mm -hmm. but he checked out after three hours of being in the room. He was only in the room for three hours, and he has never said why he left the room.
1: Shane Dawson stayed in that room, right?
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: And he was fine. We'll be fine, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, tons of people. Like the tour guide said, tons of people stay in the room, and there's So why did Jim
1: Carrey leave? Sorry if you can hear our dog barking. We have a puppy. He's three months old. So. He's not having it tonight. <laughs> He's burnt out.
0: But in that clip of us on the tour, there was also that staircase that they showed real quick, yeah. which is very weird because there's just this random staircase on the edge of, on the wall Yeah, that goes, it's really steep, it's narrow, mm-hmm. and it just descends into pitch black. Into nothingness. Darkness. Like yeah, nobody no knows sense. really what it is or where it goes. Yeah. It's Isn't very weird. weird. Isn't that yeah, No one it just knows like bizarre. the original
1: purpose of it. No.
0: What the hell? I know. Yeah. I bet you there's so many hidden... Like compartments and rooms, yeah. and I bet there's some crazy, yeah. I'm excited crazy to check stuff out. there for sure. So fourth floor is most haunted, and some of the most haunted rooms are on that floor. Of course, room 401. Uh, the story goes that more than a century ago, um, apparently the entire fourth floor was a ca- uh, cavernous attic, and it's where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. But now today's guests will report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. Plus, there's a famous closet that tends to open and shut on its own in this room. I wonder if Stephen King, though, heard, like, children giggling and stuff. Because you know how there's the twins and the the shining and stuff?
1: Yeah, they freak me out. That is one movie I have seen. I'm sure you guys are wondering if I've actually seen that one.
0: It's a classic. have seen it. Another room that's haunted is room 407. And this room was occupied by Lord Dunraven, who actually, obviously, owned the land prior to FO Stanley.
1: Yeah, we talked about his ass.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But reportedly, he likes to stand in the corner of the room near the bathroom door.
1: Oh, that's so creepy.
0: I've never experienced that, but I can only imagine how freaked out I'd be if I saw like a shadowy figure or an apparition of somebody standing, standing, just standing there watching me. That's creepy as hell.
1: You honestly can't imagine what that feels like. I mean, I did have that one experience where I think I saw Mm -hmm. something and it was like the most shocking moment ever. It was like. I was so freaked out. I can't imagine seeing an entire body, yeah. especially a dark figure. Yeah. I saw like a yeah. kind of a half light figure.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not even sure what I saw, but I can't imagine seeing like a dark dude standing in the corner of the room.
0: And you can like make out the outline of a human.
1: Oh, that's so scary. And so many people Just see that kind right. of shit when yeah. they have sleep paralysis, too. Oh, fuck, that's I'm scary. so glad that neither of us have that because, <laughs> oh, shit. I Some sleep of like a baby there, like, most nights. Oh, my unlucky. gosh. You have no idea.
0: Seriously. Yeah, on one uh, one account, witnesses reported that a light in the corner kept turning on and off as well. And while the light was off, they told the ghost that they knew they were there and that they would only be staying two nights. And could you please turn the light back on? And then after as soon as they said that, it flicked back on.
1: That's what so, like, it seems like spares. the key is being really polite and just asking them nicely. Yeah, and being like, I yeah. don't mind that you're here, but would you mind doing this? Yeah. And they'll do it.
0: Right. Don't enrage the ghost. No. Don't piss them off. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. That's a good point. You got to be polite to these spirits. Yeah. <laughs> it's to think about, though, that a spirit can hear you talking is just a whole nother thing. Like, what is even going on there? Like, as a spirit, you still have, like, the ability to listen and hear. I think so. Things in this realm. Like, that's so weird. I think so. And we just can't really. I guess we can hear them sometimes. They do speak. Just Very softly you know
1: yeah or through those evp machines
0: right through the spirit boxes and stuff yeah that's crazy um another thing is that later on when the lights were turned off and they were trying to sleep noises were constantly heard from the nearby elevator during a time when the elevator was not in use and other times a ghostly face has been reported to be looking out the window of room 407 when the room is not booked Mm. so it seems like clearly there's some type of
1: something yeah
0: yeah, maybe Lord Dunraven.
1: Lord <laughs> <I'm> Dunraven <done>,
0: <laughs> having an internal stay in room four hundred seven, just being a fuck forever. God, uh, room four eighteen gets the most reports of haunting activity, apparently from children's spirits. Cleaning mm-hmm. crews report having heard many strange noises coming from the room, as well as seeing impressions on the bed when the room has been empty. Mm. Weird.
1: I wonder if I contacted them if I could like interview any of. The employees, I would love to like, yeah, just maybe interview that's not a bad idea actually. or something and
0: or a tour guide or something seen. even like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, a tour guide would be awesome too, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like even just people that work at the hotel in pretty regular positions. Yeah. Just would ask have some them. Be like, hey, hey man, interesting ever, stories. I mean,
0: yeah. Ever seen anything here while yeah. working here? It's hmm. actually a really good idea. That'd be interesting. <laughs> One of the most common things that guests report while staying in room 418 is that they often hear children playing in the hallway at night.
1: Ooh. That's scary. That's really creepy. <laughs> There's nothing not like worse that.
0: than creepy children laughing that you don't know.
1: Honestly, four eighteen sounds scarier than two seventeen to me.
0: I think that whole floor is just that's, scarier. Yeah. We'll have to check out the fourth floor as mm-hmm. well late at night. One couple actually checked out of the hotel really early in the morning complaining that children in the hallway kept them up all night, even though there was literally no children in the entire hotel. Oh, that's so freaky. that's crazy, man. <laughs> I'd be out. (laughs) And then in room 428, guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving about. But that's actually impossible physically given the slope of the roof, tour guides say. Hmm. The real haunt in this room, though, is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed.
1: Oh, that's so fucking scary. Yeah. People see his cowboy hat, too.
0: Yeah. God.
1: Isn't that weird? It is weird. So, yeah, there's a lot of different spirits there.
0: It's very, very haunted. Lot I also there. wondered too, you know, how you hear about <laughs> you hear about old, you know, sometimes burial grounds and things like that. Native American burial grounds. Yeah. And the fact that these Native Americans lived in this area That's for so point. long. I wonder if some of just the, the reason why it's such a paranormal hotspot is because you know, there's layer upon layer of spirits and energy and all sorts of just craziness happening there.
1: It's quite possible
0: yeah maybe there's a huge vortex and stuff so it's it's kind of crazy though man yeah, i'm excited it's a really to, cool hotel. to stay there
1: yeah i can't wait to go back i haven't been to estes in a couple years now i feel like hasn't it been there? it's a couple
0: been years a while since, since we went yeah there? i think it was we used since... to go
1: to college pretty close to there so we used to go all the time but
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh we haven't been in a while so i'm really excited for this i think the last time we went there was when we did the tour the last time which was yeah, like that's when it was 2016 yeah. or 2017 somewhere in there yeah um it's a really cool place though
0: it's probably yeah one of the most famous places to visit in in all of colorado i would say
1: oh 100
0: and well worth it too it's such a cool place and there's you know ghost tours and they even say the grounds outside are haunted like literally everywhere surrounding the hotel is haunted Mm -hmm. and there's actually in addition to the hotel there's like the manor uh, there's a lodge there's other buildings on the ground too that are are haunted as well yeah, it's just a really cool place uh, for paranormal enthusiasts. So
1: I think it's going to end up definitely check it being out. Being really fun, yeah, interesting. I'm to really stay excited. There. It's going to be an experience. I probably won't sleep. I'm just <laughs> gonna, you know, go into it being like I'm not going to sleep. I'll just stay up all night. I'll plan to take sunrise pictures or something. Maybe we should
0: do a Ouija board in there somewhere.
1: No fucking way, Josh. You're insane. I feel like you low key don't fully believe in this because that's why you want to keep doing it. Because like it doesn't seem like you're that scared of it. So it makes me wonder if you right. even fully believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I probably don't fully believe. I feel like you're very skeptical believe. of it in a way. I am, to some extent, I am. Because you like,
1: want to try like the scariest things to see I if want, it actually works.
0: Yeah, I want to have like I'm, I'm on this journey in life to have the most profound experiences that I can. And
1: I think that's understandable.
0: And I I'm super interested in the paranormal in general, but especially like spirits and ghosts yeah. and demons and all of that because. I, part of me does believe that there is this other realm the spiritual realm where yeah. this is all happening but then part of me is like very much a logical person thinking like mm-hmm. i think the simulation theory is more probable than all the spiritual stuff sometimes
1: interesting and
0: i think that this is all more of an artificial creation by some greater being as opposed to you know really complicated and like there's a spiritual, spiritual world and everything plane,
1: yeah so you're kind of open to both
0: i'm open to both and i'm just trying to figure out which one proves itself to me the most and
1: so you're you want to try a ouija board and see if you get haunted
0: i do i kind of want to like have some
1: <laughs> i am not using a, a ouija an board experience video. like Dude, it, uh.
0: or go in the bathroom and red rum, red, <laughs> no, rum, red no, no, rum, no, 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 no. And try to no. I
1: think f- what you do is the Bloody Mary, right? Don't you say like Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, bud. There's Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary and then
0: there's Red Rum, like from the movie and stuff. You know, Red Rum. Mm, red I rum, could go for a Bloody Mary right about now. Honestly,
1: <laughs> sounds pretty good.
0: But yeah, we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up there today, guys. We'll link our, our vlog from the Stanley so you can watch the whole thing if you're interested. It's old. And crazy, it, is, it is old. It is old and crindy. <laughs> I'm sure there's better footage. All one. of our
1: vlogs are so old and cringy. Oh my God. But I love them. That's why I made that vlog channel. It's so fun to go back and look from like years ago.
0: It is. It is. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back next week with another, our, our final episode yeah. of spooktober
1: with the way that it worked this year. You guys got like five spooky episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And fun. next week, probably the most highly requested topic we've had for a long oh, time. Yes. Very excited to get into it. Really freaky stories freakiness happening at this paranormal hotspot (laughs)
1: freakiness
0: but yeah but until next time stay safe
1: and stay woke
0: see you guys next time